are in Phoenix this morning, but across the country from here, the kidnapping of two little boys, three-year-old Michael Smith and his 14-month-old brother Alex, has gripped the town of Union, South Carolina. From the beginning, on October 25th, their mother, Susan, has maintained that she was the victim of a carjack, that her sons were caught in the middle. Right now, we want to go to Union to get the story firsthand from Susan Smith and her husband, David. Susan, how are you doing this morning? Uh, doing okay. Uh, very little sleep last night, but I'm okay. There was uh, some news yesterday and, and some promising leads uh, in this case. Uh, how, are, how are you coping with the disappointment of the news from yesterday? Um, it was, um, I was running around uh, my house yesterday morning all excited. I really thought that they had, uh, had, had really found something that was, uh, I really thought they had found one of my children. And uh, when I got to the courthouse and found out that the lead had uh, disintegrated or when there was nothing there, I was very devastated, very disappointed. Uh, got my hopes up and was let down, but uh, I haven't given up hope. I, you know, that was uh, maybe one of many disappointments, but maybe that's gonna uh, be, be right. David, where do you think your children are? I have no idea. Do you hold out hope that they're still alive? Yes, we both do very strongly. This is going to be a little bit difficult to talk about, but even folks in, in Union wonder about the both of you. They wonder if uh, all of the truth of this story has been told. Susan, what do you say to that? Um, I'll say that the, the, uh, on, behalf, on my behalf, the truth has been told. Uh, I know right here what the truth is. Um, I can... I can from some, I can see from their side uh, why they have to do the things they have to do. Uh, but the Lord and, and myself both know the truth. I did not have anything to do with the abduction of my children. Um, I don't think any parent could love their children more than I do. And I would, I've never even think about ever doing anything that would harm them. Welcome back to another episode of Murder Mondays with Nicole. We are now going to pause for a brief word from our sponsors. Are you looking for an extremely fun and stylish up-to-date salon? Then the color bar is the place for you. Our slogan is too glam to give a damn. The color bar knows their colors and can slay anything. Located in Chapin, South Carolina, near the heart of Lake Murray, our stylists stay up to date on all styles, cuts, and colors. Call for your free consultation at 803-932-HAIR. That's 803-932-HAIR. We can't wait to meet you. Are you considering a move in 2022? Then this message is for you. Meet George Simmons from EXP Realty. He is the top agent on one of the top real estate teams serving Lake Murray and the surrounding counties here in South Carolina. After serving 20 years in the military and 10 years in law enforcement, George continues to serve the Lake Murray community by providing superior real estate representation. Call today for your free home valuation at 803-429-3337 
or visit online at buyorsellakemurrayhomes.com. We look forward to serving you. Susan Smith was born Susan Lee Vaughn Smith on September 26, 1971, in Union, South Carolina, to Linda Harrison and Harry Vaughn. She was the youngest of three children in the family and grew up with two elder brothers. Smith's parents divorced when Susan was seven years old. Susan faced tragedy a few weeks later. Her father committed suicide at the age of 37. The family broke apart and this had a huge impact on Susan as she was so young. She turned into a very depressed child. Soon her mother Linda married a rich businessman the family shifted into their new home. By the time she was 16, she started sensing a change in her stepfather's behavior. He was a sexual predator and would often molest her. She tried telling her mother about it, but Linda did not take her seriously. She then reached out to the Department of Social Services, but no help came from them either. She was popular in school. Susan was also one of the most intelligent students and participated in a number of extracurricular activities. She was known to be extremely extroverted and fun-loving. In the final year of high school, she received the award for the friendliest female. However, her stepfather continued to abuse her sexually. She turned to her school counselor, who then contacted the Department of Civil Services. This time, they offered help. However, Susan backed out due to her mother's fears of the family name being ruined. After graduating high school, Susan started working at a local store. It was later found out that in the late 1980s, she had sexual relations with a married man, a younger co-worker, and her stepfather simultaneously. Susan also tried to commit suicide when she was 13 years old. She made another attempt in 1988 after she had a breakup with a married man with whom she was in a sexual relationship with. She took too many prescription pills and was admitted to the hospital. However, with the end of one relationship, another began to emerge. Her schoolmate, David Smith, started working at her store, and they both started dating. They fell in love quickly and decided to get married. Without any concrete means of survival, in March of 1991, Susan and David got married. Soon, the couple moved to his house. David's household was going through unrest at that time as his older brother had died a few days back and his parents were yet to recover from the loss. Soon after, David and Susan moved into the house. His father attempted suicide. His mother moved to another city, leaving the young couple on their own. Susan was already pregnant with David's child when they got married, and their firstborn son was born October of 1991. However, instead of bringing them closer, a baby created a rift between them. Susan would often ask her mother for money, and this did not sit well with David as he did not like Linda. By early 1992, the couple had started drifting apart. They soon separated after. Susan dated other men during the period of separation. By late 1992, she found out she was pregnant again. Following this announcement, the couple decided to bury the hatchet, and soon they reunited. 
Over the next few months, David and Susan continued to date other people. However, that did not affect their kids as they got equal love from both of their parents. Susan started a new job as a bookkeeper and got in touch with a rich young man named Tom Finley. She seduced him and they started dating soon. However, the relationship was mostly one-sided. While Susan was serious about Tom, he treated it as a casual relationship. Over time, Susan started obsessing over Tom and revealed some shocking truths to him. She told him about her ongoing sexual affair with her stepfather and about her husband, David. With all of this still an off-and-on relationship, what was most shocking for Tom was the fact that she admitted to having sexual relationships with the father. Tom was devastated and ended things with her soon. She spent many days in a depressive state and called Tom several times, but Tom did not entertain her, and this led to Susan's obsession to turn fatal. She thought he would sympathize with her and accept her as if she gave away everything. On the evening of October 25, 1994, Susan Smith drove to her house, got her sons, and strapped them into the car. She moved to a nearby John D. Long Lake, drove the car to the ramp, and watched it as it plunged into the lake. In order to cover up the story, she knocked on the doors of a nearby house and told the couple staying there fabricated stories about how a black man had robbed her with the car and took her two kids that were inside and had driven it away. Susan went public with her horrific stories to gain sympathy. At a point... The entire country was following this story. Yeah, we didn't have time because they were in car seats and it was going to take time for me to get them out of the car seat. And um, they just told me, he said, but I won't hurt them. just took off. But he had a gun. And then my, my big thing is they were screaming, hollering, crying. And I'm just scared that he just lost his patience or something. I you know? plead you know, to the guy to the man, me and my wife, plead to him to please return our children to us safely and unharmed. We love our children very much, and we want them returned to us safe and sound. Pray even now for their safe return. Thank you. Was last seen wearing a red and white striped outfit and a blue and red coat. In an investigation where the suspect is unknown, where you don't know where he's liable to turn up, there's not a lot more than you can do is take the complaint, follow up on them, develop your leads, develop your suspects, and rule them out one at a time. Slow moving. I can't. I have to apologize. There's nothing more that can be done for that. But like I say, it's a classic investigation that could not be run any different anywhere else. I think it takes a very sick and emotionally unstable person uh, to be able to to take two beautiful children like that, to be able to keep them from their parents, to keep them from where they do belong. Uh, I, I, I don't, I can't imagine why anybody would want to do such any, do such a thing as, as what has happened. However, authorities had their doubts over an inconclusive polygraph test, Susan failed. David passed his. And on November 3rd, 1994, she told the whole truth and broke down during the investigation saying how ashamed she felt. The jury took about three hours to declare her guilty, 
and she was sentenced to life in prison on two counts of murder. Susan Smith was incarcerated at the Camille Griffin Graham Correctional Institution located in Columbia, South Carolina. She expressed her sexual desires even in prison as she had sex with two correctional officers, which led them into being charged. In 2000, Smith had sex four times. She had relations with Houston Cagle and Captain Alfred Rowe. No one trusts her to be alone with a guard, says a prison source. She spends most of her time in a cell or working. When she is being transported, there's always a male and a female guard with her. She was taken to a prison in Greenwood and is still awaiting her parole hearing that is scheduled for 2024. Susan Smith, a murderer, took the lives of her two children. Three-year-old Michael Daniel Smith and 14-month-old Alexander Tyler Smith. Smith has spent more than half of her life in prison, according to records obtained by People magazine. She has been disciplined at least five times since 2010 for various infractions, including self-mutilation and the use and possession of drugs. Each infraction has resulted in the loss and privileges, including visitation, canteen, and telephone. Every day, Smith wakes up at Leith Correctional Institution in Greenwood, South Carolina. She does her job as a ward keeper assistant. She interacts sparingly with other guards and inmates, and then she goes back to sleep. Her only respite is a Bible that she keeps in her cell along with a photo of her two sons that she killed in 1994. Because she is serving a life sentence, the 51-year-old Smith will continue to live this way until she dies. She is a very tortured soul, says a source in the prison. She goes through many motions every day, but I wouldn't say she makes much of her life in here. She's just there, a non-entity. She seems off when you talk to her like she's always preoccupied. The source continues, but she generally follows orders and instructions and gets through her days. Some days, she can be pleasant, but usually, she just keeps to herself. In 2015, Smith wrote a letter to the state saying, I am not the monster society thinks I am. She wrote, I am far from it. Something went very wrong that night, and I was not myself, she continued. I was a good mother, and I loved my voice. There was no motives, and it was not even a planned event. I was just not in my right mind. David, the father of the two boys, told People magazine in 2010 that he has never fully recovered from the pain. There's always this nagging and gnawing heartache. David said it's there every day, even if I'm not always conscious of it. She's in her own private hell, says a jailhouse source. It's all her own fault, and I think she knows it now. Susan declined to speak for this interview.